This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. I disappointed a lady sitting in the garden this week. It was someone I didn't know, and when she saw me, she called me over, Father, can I ask you something? I said, sure, and introduced myself. She went on to explain that she was Roman Catholic, and she was curious about our church. At one point, she said, aren't you glad the Supreme Court seems to be moving against Roe versus Wade? Well, I took a deep breath and began to try to explain that the Episcopal Church affirms the sanctity of all life and at the same time affirms the importance of a woman's faith-informed decision over her own body. I pointed out that our church differs from hers, the Roman Catholic Church also, in that our church stresses education around contraception and human sexuality. That's a priority and an enormous part of the conversation. I explained that I could refer her to carefully researched and written reports of the Episcopal Church General Conventions that give voice to all the nuances and complexities around these issues. But she said that for her, it was all very simple. I explained that I needed to go before too long, but I couldn't resist saying to her before I left that I really find very little about following Jesus simple. And yet, that conversation has stayed with me as I realize there is a temptation for all of us to make religion simple. That is to draw lines and make lists, to decide who's in and who's out, who's like us and who's not like us. And yet, to create that kind of religion is to pick and choose one's scriptures, to deny the work of the Holy Spirit, and really to ignore the way in which Christ reveals Jesus Christ, in which scripture reveals Jesus Christ. In our first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, Peter runs into this kind of thinking when he returns from missionary activity and goes back to Jerusalem. The faithful there criticize him because they've heard he's been taking the message about Jesus beyond Judaism and reaching out to Gentiles, which is to say everybody else the uncircumcised, the uneducated, those of other heritage or mixed blood or all kinds of other unspeakable practices. But Peter begins to tell them how God has brought him to a new understanding. He tells them about his dream or vision, and then he tells them about meeting Cornelius. Cornelius is not only a Gentile, a non-Jew, but Cornelius is also a soldier, an agent of the Roman state, one who might follow orders to burn and sack a, a Jewish village whenever it was the whim of the emperor. And yet God had been working on Cornelius just like God had been working on Peter. Peter and Cornelius talk. Cornelius is converted to Christ. And, and then Cornelius and his whole family receive the Holy Spirit and are baptized. This vision and experience of Peter invites us to think about our own perspective. Who do we think is included in God's love, God's mercy, God's forgiveness? I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I have more in common with 
faithful Jews, faithful Hindus, faithful um, Muslims than I do with other Christians who use different language and different attitudes towards scripture and theology. How do we feel about the uneducated? How do we feel about those who speak different languages or, or those who insist on speaking their native language even though they may be in a new country with a majority language being different from theirs? How do we feel about those who live out their sexuality different from us? Sometimes those of us in the city make fun of those who marry at an early age and have a lot of children and move to the suburbs. And sometimes people like that make fun of those who are not coupled up or those who who make decisions not to have children. God surprised Peter and those early followers of Jesus by showing just how wide God's love and mercy are. Jesus surprised his friends and disciples by showing just how radical God's love is. May the Holy Spirit enable us to be part of the Jesus movement of witness to love and service, love that takes us into eternal life. At the 6 p.m. Community Eucharist on May 15th, Calvin Dutois sang and played guitar and Joe Bullock helped on percussion for the song, I Want to Be Ready, by Ben Harper.
You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.